Hello and welcome to the Book Club Haters Book Club. A podcast where we discuss the books we love and otherwise. I I'm am Noor. La- oh. I am Tia, the other host. <laughs> we still have to work on this like, you know, not overlapping thing. How long have we been doing this? Like a year and o- we still Over a year. Over a year? No, I came I moved to Australia no, a year ago. Over a year. No, like, like remote, we started in January. Remote recording. A remote recording, right? So it has been a year then. Oh shit! Yeah, what? What a year it's been, girl. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I'll be honest with you. Like the past year has been the worst year of my life. Like no competition at all. That sounds. That's sad. I'm sorry that I'm laughing. It's just like it's sad. You no, know? you can laugh at it. It's fine. I cannot control how people react to stuff. Yeah, in I mean, way, it's not in, a, in like in a malicious way. It's just like, yeah, ha, yeah, it has been a, a year. Yeah, it has been the worst Capital year of my year. life. And I keep telling people that like, it's the worst year of my life. It's the worst year of my life. Um, moving here was probably the worst decision I've ever made. <laughs> Is it? I don't know. Um, I have regrets and stuff, but I also don't have regrets. I feel like the past year is the worst year, but also the biggest learning year of my life. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. There's like oh. a whooshing sound. Um, it's a bird. Ah. Oh. I think. Yeah, I think it's a bird. Um, I should probably The bird post. has opinions. The bird has opinions. Like, the worst year of your life, but you're going to have the best two more years of your life, I hope. I hope so, too. I mean... <laughs> I'm hoping the same for you, girl. Thanks. Yeah. Anyway, how's your reading? Or lack um, of? Uh, lack of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. More... Not non-existent, but like very, very. I've read one book, which mm-hmm. is the. Why did I close that page? Why do I do this? To me? Is that the the name of the book? No, uh, it's okay. It's called Night Shift Dragons by Rachel Aaron, mm-hmm. which okay. is like the third book in this. In I think I've told I've talked about this series before yeah. about. Yeah, like um, the first book was called. Yeah, never mind. I don't remember. <laughs> it's fine. I guess, wait, um, we haven't agreed to this, but last time we recorded, we were like, we're not going to talk about the pandemic. And um, I guess what we can do now is talk about how reading has, our reading habits have changed with the pandemic. Would you be okay with talking about that? Yeah, of course. Okay. So do you want to talk about your book first? Um, no, let's just talk about that one first. Wait, I want to talk about the book I was reading. Mm. So it's the book that I was reading in the last recording, Scatter, Adapt, and Remember How Humans Will Survive a Mass Extinction by Anna Lee Newitz. And okay, so will you survive? Sorry? So will you survive? I am very optimistic. The book itself is also very optimistic. And um, there's a chapter on um, plagues and pandemics. And she was saying that... Um, after every pandemic, things, after every plague, I guess, and I don't know if COVID is considered as a plague at the moment or not, but after every pandemic, the world changes a little in terms of the economic um, structure and um, how we look at the uh, social systems and um, urban planning. Because right now, what we have seen with urban planning is that it urban landscaping in its current existing form is a mistake um, because there's a lot of overcrowding. And um, it also mentioned that 
um, a lot of low skill workers, like I used to say that in quotation marks, um, and I guess blue collar, blue collar, or white collar, blue, blue, co- blue, collar. blue, yeah, blue collar workers, um, their rights get, um, um, there's always debate about their rights after every pandemic happens. So in a way, I'm quite hopeful about this whole <laughs> fucked up thing that we're in right now. Um, it's it's a challenging year. It's a challenging few months for a lot of people, I'm sure. Um, this is an ad- addition to the worst year of my life. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, so like, I feel very optimistic and yeah, it's hard to be optimistic because there's a lot of people who are trying to resist optimism right now by i think it's like a way to to like survive also like to not give too much hope for themselves Mm. in a way but i also feel like people who are the most pessimistic are also probably the most privileged Mm. yeah probably they get access to all these articles saying that we're not gonna get a vaccination anytime soon or we're or like the virus is mutating in different ways without actually looking into a deeper scientific understanding of these things um because from what i understand like a week or two ago there was an article that was saying that the virus is mutate mutating and then um a few days ago um the australian government as well as a lot of other uh, scientists said stop listening to these kind of things because um a lot of them are very baseless just because it's mutating doesn't mean it cannot be defeated so like yeah yeah Believe what you want, I guess. Just wash your hands and wash your butt. Wash your hand, you know, like, but not in that order. But also- oh, smart. You're a smart girl. Yeah. So, okay. Um, how has the pandemic um, changed or has not changed your reading behavior? I feel like it's uh, it's making me harder to concentrate, mm-hmm. not just in terms of like the usual like the reading slump. I don't consider it as a slump just oh, no, because I'm not reading, right? But it's just it's just like a complete absence. Like mm-hmm. you know, when you're a slump, you're always like looking for books to read. Yes, but like this isn't a slump because like I don't look for books at all, mm. which is a bit wild to me. Like it it. It reminds me of like that, like those few years that I didn't pick up a book at all because mm-hmm. I was um, still working through my PTSD. So that was, mm-hmm. so that kind of reminds me of this, that time. That's really interesting because mm. like I haven't really given it much thought um, about whether it is a slump or not, because I don't know if I mentioned this on this, like I kind of did mention it on this recording that I've had this kind of anxiety since November already and I'm not seeking for books to read and I have not been seeking for books to read um so whether or not I pick a book up is mostly dependent on whether like in that moment I'm like yeah I do want to read but I don't Mm. seek reading as a way to escape to relax and like Mm -hmm. escape yeah because it takes a lot like no matter how much books you read and stuff, it takes a lot of brain power to actually sit down and open a book and just read. Um, yeah, so like, you're right. Like, I've been dealing with this anxiety since the bushfire, so I just don't feel like I need to necessarily fulfill having to read and stuff. So I do yeah, other I things. Yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah, do other things. Mm-hmm. I, I try to like, 
um, I I have gotten into audiobooks, but even that is difficult because like mm. I um we're gonna talk about this later, but like I didn't read the this month's book club book <laughs> because because um so I, when I read when I listen to audiobooks, I'm doing it as like I, I'm like um doing my crafts or mm. like my commissions, but I realize like a, a, an hour in that I've stopped listening. Right. Like, it's just, I just blank out. No, I'm wondering if audiobook is a good um, option for me because I've been cross-stitching a lot as a way to relax. Um, it's nice to stab something, you know? Um, oh, definitely. <laughs> so, like, the past three weeks, I was watching all of the Parks and Recreation episodes. And then this week, I'm like, I don't know what to watch. So I'm wondering if, like, maybe I should go into that route of... I think, like, if you can still concentrate on, like, Parks and Recreation, yeah, you can still listen to audiobooks. Because mm-hmm. for me, it's like, I can't even, like, watch, have, like, a, a K-drama on mm. without, like, blanking out. Like, I, I don't listen to it. I don't um, notice it at all. I don't how, pay attention to it. How do you craft and watch K-drama? Don't you have to read the subtitles? Um, At some point, you watch so many K-dramas that you kind of get the gist of what they're saying and i also understand Mm. korean a bit so it's like it's fine right okay 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 so one of the books that i've been like holding i I have one book that i do want to talk about but it is like in relation to this topic it's because like i don't i find it difficult to concentrate on so i've been putting it off for two weeks now but it's a really good book it's called because internet Understanding the New Rules of Language by Gretchen Ooh. McCulloch. Right. It's um, about the, the language of basically memes and Twitter. How <gasps> it has evolved from the usual, like the formal writing and how we use uh, the period dot, how mm. we use dashes, how we use like spacing. Oh my and God. How, yeah, how it has changed from like when we used to write letters, when we when we got sms when we got email when we mm-hmm. got twitter twitter <gasps> is like a huge um kind of source for this book right basically talking about like how um i think you and i always talk about this about how um words come from um black communities mm-hmm. and how uh those words that come from specific black communities um say from the twitter um, side from the from their twitter community how it transfers to the wider internet world right like how we end up using those words yeah (sighs) okay it's super super interesting yeah i had this discussion with mm. one of my friends who was um because i think lit or something was um one of the word of the year i think it might be last year and then she was saying uh, why is lit the word of the year i don't think it was last year i think like much longer than that and she was asking like i don't understand why lit is the word of the year or blah 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 blah. and i was like yeah but you have you ever considered that the word lit might have actually come from um a diaspora that you're not a part of and she was like oh right and this person is a linguist <laughs> yeah 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 obviously yeah. Like, linguists linguists have like different areas of expertise yeah for sure so this person gretchen mccullough she she's literally an internet linguist <laughs> she from the way from the from the blurb it says like 
even the most absurd looking slang has genuine patterns behind it. Um, she explores the deep forces that shape human language and influence the way we communicate with one another. And, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, in one of the chapters that I that I listened to, it it was explaining deeply, like in a deep exploration of of lol, of like where it came uh, from, how you use lol, like the uh, capital L O L or like the small L O L, and it's like what the heck? Wait, is this on audiobook? Are you going through this on audiobook? Yes, I'm going through on okay. audiobook. Okay, I am gonna get an audiobook and I'm gonna listen to this. I think. Yeah, it's this, great. I do this is like it. this is exactly my area where like I super nerd about. Like I don't necessarily do linguistic or anything like that, but I'm super fascinated with linguis- linguistic. Same, same. Yeah. So I I quite like this. This is a good recommendation. I think it's audible under Amazon. Yes, unfortunately. What's not under Amazon? <laughs> yeah, what's not under Amazon? Yeah, I want an audiobook that's not under Amazon. I'll ask like one of my library friends. Um, yeah, yeah. Try, yeah, she, she'll know. I think it's a, a more recent book, but not not this year, but like it's um a few last year or something like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I've been I guess I've only been seeing this book in the Twitter community quite right. recently. Yeah. Okay. I'm actually excited. Like, yeah. yeah, I, actually yeah. Ha- I actually have a lot of books that I was like, oh, I want to read this. But at the same time, my brain's like, no, you don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I listen to this. Like, I listen to this. Um, I quite prefer the narrators to be like the the actual authors because then, mm-hmm. you know, you get the feel of the, the actual voice, the writing voice. Um, mm-hmm. I like this one because it's quite funny. You know, she does like the keyboard smash. She right verbalizes them. <laughs> oh, that make in the way that makes sense. Like you know what she's saying, right? Like, from the keyboard smashes, it's so okay. funny. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. 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 Cool. 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 I'm I'm super super psyched for this. I yes. I've put it on my Goodreads as things to read next, but um, I need to get an answer from my friend on what audiobooks I can get. <gasps> right. Yes. Audiobooks are really expensive, by the way. So like, Audible is probably the cheapest option. Yes, so mm-hmm. Audible also like not to like promote, but if you sign up, you do get one, um, one month of like one free audiobook. So mm-hmm. that's a way, I guess, for people we'll who can't see. afford it. I might actually and who, people who who don't like want to avoid who don't necessarily or who can't avoid Amazon. We'll see. I might actually get it yeah. because like. Audiobooks on Kobo are so expensive. Oh yeah, I remember like buying like the audiobook CDs, like when CDs were a thing. Yeah. And they were like 20 28 pounds. Yeah. Nuts. That's true. I used to buy a lot of um plays, BBC plays on CD form because I am 50 years old. And wow. I was e- like, god, that's old. <laughs> comedy plays though, like comedy plays from my favorite comedians and stuff and they were always really expensive, but I really like having them on my shelf, I guess, and also knowing that I have access to them at all times. But now I don't have a CD player, so what's the point? Who does have a CD player now anyway? My car has a CD player and I only just learned about this like last month. Oh, my car has a CD player too. Yeah. And um I recently got access to all of my old CD album, so I've just ah. been like rotating through them. <laughs> Super exciting. Yeah, it's, it feels really weird. Yeah. So, but do you think like with the pandemic and everything, using audiobooks is 
for you, I guess it has not been a good option, but maybe also because it's not the right book. Yeah. Oh no, definitely. I I definitely think it's it is a good option because I did um, listen to Trick Mirror by Gia Tolentino and mm-hmm. um, one other book. What was it called? I can't remember now, but I've mentioned it before. Um, and they were quite good for me, like while I was working on my um, while I was stitching. So mm-hmm. that's so I think it is a good way for people if you if they want to still read but don't necessarily have like the brain power because it does take mm-hmm. I feel like it does take some a different part of your brain mm-hmm. to look at text and then yeah. convert it to like images yeah. then like sounds to images okay this is good I think this is <laughs> what good what's good is going to come out of this is I might actually go into audiobook soon sure yeah um can we talk about can we have like grandma chat for a bit <laughs> Sure. Okay. Well, <laughs> We're not talking about books, and I'm I'm sorry, I guess, but um, yeah. So you're doing cross. You're doing what embroidery? <laughs> right now, I'm doing embroidery. I've because I'm just done with this week's um, crochet commissions, mm-hmm. so I'm just taking a break from crochet uh, from that kind of stitching to this kind of stitching. Plus, mm-hmm. also my knitting. Oh, you're knitting now? Um, I've had like a cardigan for over a year now and it's still uh like one fourth done only right okay right okay so you've been been getting into cross stitch yeah it's fun um but a couple days ago like because i've been running on three hours sleep uh for three consecutive nights that time i decided to just ignore everybody and cross stitch and i Mm -hmm. made 78 errors of stitches (laughs) oh gosh so i had to unstitch everything (laughs) that's why i don't like about cross stitch like the fact that you have to count and like oh gosh at least with for me embroidery um okay so do i have to explain the difference between embroidery and cross stitch sure go ahead okay so like all the grandmas will understand yeah, all the grandmas, the cool grandmas will understand. <laughs> but like cross stitch, you do like little X's and you have like the little, mm-hmm. like each box, right? You have to fill in each box, yeah. technically. But like with embroidery, it feels more freeform where you're just like, yeah, just like stitch here, stitch there, move here, move there. It's fine. If you like, if you get it wrong, you don't really, you can just either cover it up or just go back, you know? It doesn't, and I think that's why I don't, I can never get into cross stitch, even though that like right. that hoop that you did with the ugh is like really cool. I know, uh, but the thing is, I, I the reason why I'm doing cross stitch and not embroidery is because I am very when I do stuff, I half ass it. But with cross stitching, I cannot half ass it, so I have to full ass it, and um, it looks neat. You have to force yourself to to uh, to full, full ass things. Yeah, no, it. It calms me down and stuff, but um, okay. I know the final result is going to look neat. Whereas if I do embroidery, it's not going to look neat because you, it, cause it's more like hantam-hantam, like freeform, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you just I, it wouldn't figure out what you're going to do. It wouldn't look clean if I do, um, if I actually do embroidery. So it's fine. I think it's because you want to get it right like the first time. <laughs> Are you saying I'm being a perfectionist? I'm not being a perfectionist with this. Are you not? Because you're like, you want, I want it to look neat. No, because if I don't 
okay maybe that is oh god is this like <laughs> what is this again when they say like perfectionist is probably some sort of like trauma response oh maybe i don't know no could, but like not be you know it could not be what a trauma happened, response also. what happened was right i bought a cross stitch um bookmark kit a yeah. few months ago and i just decided to try it um like i think a month ago and i got really good at it and i really enjoyed it in that Sometimes I don't have to think a lot about it. Sometimes I do. A lot of the time I do. But so I feel like if I go into embroidery, it's just going to be a frustrating thing for me because I have to learn it from the beginning. At some point, I think I will get into it, but I do like cross-stitching. Okay, that's fine, I think. Mm-hmm. No, no, not I think. I, I know. It's fine. Yeah. Anyway, um, so we're not doing genre talk. Wait, do you have anything else to say about the pandemic? Fuck you. <laughs> Uh, absolutely none. Fuck you, pandemic. <laughs> That's it, yeah. I'm just kind of tired of it, I guess, yeah. Like okay, everyone so else. Okay, um, so we're not doing genre talk, right? Because we haven't thought about it. We've had a difficult few weeks. Yep, yep. Exhausting uh, few weeks. So we'll just move to question time? Yes. Welcome to question time. Do you have any question for me? Yes. I have a what feeling, your... right? What? What? Sorry to disturb you. I have a feeling this is going to be the shortest episode we've ever done. <laughs> That's fine. We can do <laughs> short episodes. We're allowed to. Yeah, you're right. Okay, anyway, what's your question? Okay. What's your favorite book adaptation? It can Into be book to TV, or book to screen, or, or like play or whatever, or play screen to book, because that happens too. Oh my god, I have no idea. Skajab, let me think. Let me. You're gonna write... say Harry Potter? No, I didn't like the adaptation. <gasps> I did not. Um, oh, I think I do have. I really like Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Hmm. What was I that? Mean, like, what What was it from? Was it a book or like a comic? It's from a comic, and I really. Ah. I made you watch it last year, right? Before I left. Oh, um, you made me watch the... The film. The Chris Evans part. Did I just make you watch the Chris Evans part? Yeah, you just made I me made watch, watch the, the Chris the whole Evans thing. part. I think I watched no. the film with Iman, I think, probably the week before. Probably. We watched um the... What's it called? Bride. Oh, which Princess, Princess Bride. Bride. Yeah, Princess Bride is yeah. quite good too. Um, yeah. But I think Scott Pilgrim vs. The World is one of my favorites because... It's super entertaining. Um, I really think that the director, Edgar Wright, really fits into that style of like very... It really fits into what the comic style is. Um, Slightly Mm. haphazard, very like um, uh, one take, one take kind of um, approach. And also like the actors are really good in it. And the screenplay is really good. And the actors are really good. And Chris Evans really hot in there, even though he's being a <laughs> dick. Uh, yeah, it's like one of my favorite things. Like if it ever shows up on my Netflix as, you know, rewatch this again, I would rewatch it again. But now that I'm thinking about it, I think my favorite is Paddington 2. <laughs> <laughs> Did Paddington 2 come from a book? Like Paddington. Paddington is from a book. Like I see. <laughs> let me just take a few minutes <laughs> to talk about Paddington too. Sure, sure, sure. Um, okay, I love Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, but now that I think about it, like Paddington 2 is like one of my favorite films and um 
I, I just fucking love it. It's such a funny film and it's so silly and it's so it uh, legit, right? Since the whole pandemic happened, I've watched Paddington 2 three times. Um mm. because it's one Valid. of those things like and it's kind of the same with Scott Pilgrim, I guess. I can watch it without because I know I'll be entertained by it and I'm not gonna get bored by it. Um I can just leave it open and I know I'm gonna laugh at the parts that I laughed the last time. <laughs> and it's just it's just very wholesome, I guess. Paddington 2 is very wholesome and it's better than the first Paddington film. You don't have to watch the first Paddington film to enjoy Paddington 2. <laughs> I fucking love it. I love it so much. That's fine, yeah. Yeah. You haven't watched it, right? No. Why I... are you friends? I don't know. <laughs> You just don't want to. Okay, that's fine. It's okay. So do, do you have a question for me? I do. Um, I don't know if I've asked you this, Ashley. What's your favorite character from a book? Did I ask you this? No. Okay, what's your favorite character from a book? I have this problem with um, characters. Like when I'm reading, I, mm-hmm. when I'm reading fiction, I always want to like see myself in characters. Mm. Yeah. And so because of that, I, it is quite embarrassing to say that, like, I, I really, Paddington. I really like, <laughs> I, I don't know Paddington, so I, I'm not sure, mm-hmm. but it's like, mm, I would say Kate Daniels, but I know you think like, oh, of course, like, whatever, it's this, uh, obviously, but it's because she is this kind of person who's like, uh, not to say that all of this is me, but it kind of like is very relatable in that she has a she had a hard time like finding um her place in the world and like mm-hmm. finding like trusting people. And then eventually she just like started collecting not collecting, but like finding her own found family mm-hmm. and like getting the respect that she deserves. And I felt like yeah, that, that hits the spot. You felt seen. Yeah, I felt seen. I was like, yes, I want that shit. <laughs> Plus, she Aww. has a cool sword. So, I'm all about that shit. Right. She has a cool sword. Yes. <laughs> you want a cool sword? Yeah, fuck yeah. Okay, what's her personality like? What is my... What? I don't know what my personality is like. No, you not yours. Me. Not yours. Like, the character that you've picked. Oh, okay. What is her personality personality like? She's she's loyal and she's like she's funny and snarky and she is sometimes a fool for <laughs> other people. <laughs> <laughs> are you projecting? No, but she no, that I is don't her think character. Okay. I don't think I'm a fool okay. for other people, like when I care about them. Interesting. I have boundaries. Uh-huh. Now you are. You're. You're very. Uh, you very much respect yourself. Yes. Um. Let me think. I don't know who my favorite character in a book is. What's your favorite movie adaptation or whatever adaptation? None. Okay. I'm so bad at. I. I. I'm so bad. Like I don't really watch. You don't watch stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I don't watch stuff. So That's was, okay. yeah, what is your What is your favorite character though? Um. I can't think of... Paddington? 
I was going to say Paddington, but I feel like it's too on the nose for me to say Paddington right now. Um, because I only like the film character. Um, let me think. I, the thing is, right, because Harry Potter has made such a big impact on me. I would have mm-hmm. to say Ron Weasley, even though now that I think about it. Ron has a lot of problematic attributes, but that's the thing that I like about the Harry Potter books is that these characters are not just characters. They're also like very flawed human beings. Mm. Um, Those are but, the best. Yeah, like Ron, I think I feel very close to Ron in a way in that I did. Sure, he was an asshole, but also like they're teenagers, right? So I want to excuse the asshole-ish part of them. Um, yeah. He's always kind of hidden away from other people's glories and stuff and he had to work hard he didn't necessarily have to work harder he just was trying to find his place in this world and he is a character i feel that always tries his best at what he's good at which is being a friend and i really like that about ron and um, you're talking about yourself (laughs) i don't don't, no i'm not talking about myself but no i like the aspect about ron um that i feel I can relate to is that he is a person who's trying his best. And I think I am a person who's trying her best too. Um, but I'm not, again, I'm not projecting in Ron or anything like that, but um, like, I just really, I just really like Ron for a very, very long time. Um, could easily say Hermione, but I feel like if I ever meet someone like Hermione at that age, I don't think I would like her very much because it's too snooty. <laughs> Um, we don't like Harry because it's ugh, too much, too much glory surrounding him. I like the losers, you know me. Um, yeah. And Ron was that. Ron was the, <laughs> Ron was the loser <laughs> out of all those three of them. And I'm always rooting for losers. Me too. I think. Yeah. You know, the underdog kind of kind of stuff. You want to know something that um, my best friend Weira messaged me a few weeks ago, like two weeks ago. I think I might have told you this. Um, Weira was saying that I have never met anyone who has a group of very eccentric friends the way you have a group of eccentric friends. <laughs> you, you collect eccentric people. <laughs> no, I, I told him like, no, I think they just come to me. I don't collect them. <laughs> no, but like, it's like a unintentional collect. <laughs> yeah i'm like and then it made me reflect on the friends i have and like there is no one common denominator amongst all these people other than they are my friends yeah yeah i would say so too it's really weird what a week anyway um we can move on to our oh my god we're only 30 minutes in that's amazing um can move on to our book club book yeah you tell me all about it <laughs> Uh, welcome to uh, May's book club. May, right? Correct, right? April. Yes. May. I don't know. May. It is May. Welcome to May's book club. Our book this month is Three Women by Lisa Tadeo. It is a nonfiction. Is that right? Nonfiction. Yes. Um, let me just open my Goodreads. Uh, there is a slight delay. <laughs> Because my brain is not functioning. Your okay. brain is on a slight delay. Yeah, as well as my internet. Okay, so three. Okay, initially, what happened was we were gonna read *Handmaid's Tale*, 
by Margaret Atwood until I realized a few minutes after we finished recording in the last recording that the book is really thick. It's like 500 pages or something. So we were Fuck like, that. we're not doing this. Yeah. <laughs> so Three Women is a true story about the sex lives of three real American women based on nearly a decade of reporting. Um, We meet three characters, Lena, who is a homemaker and a mother of two, whose marriage has lost its passion. And then we meet Maggie, who's a 17-year-old high school student who allegedly had a physical relationship with her English teacher. And the last one, we met Sloane, who is a successful and uh, who is a (laughs) a successful restaurant owner who is happily married to a man who likes to watch her have sex with other men and women. Hmm. How far along did you read into the book? Mm, I think what I remember was like the first mm-hmm. first chapter, I guess. I don't even read okay. the, the titles. Yeah. Yeah, there are no titles. It's just Sloan, Maggie, and Lena. Those are the only titles because okay, it's from then. your own perspectives. So I don't know how to discuss this book without... <laughs> Ask me questions, I guess. What do you like about it? Can you tell me what happens like in the book? Okay. For each, um, with each of the characters? So Sloane, what happened is that um, she kind of grew up very privileged. Um, she grew up in like uh, New York City in Manhattan. And then um, she's had a very shaky relationship with her family. And um, but she's always she's always aware that she's very beautiful, but she doesn't really try to um, overexert her beauty or anything like that. So people are mm-hmm. constantly drawn to her as someone who is beautiful, but also very humble and relatable, etc. And then um, so she got married and moved to like a coastal town or something. And um, her husband revealed like several years into her marriage, might be several years, I don't really know, can't remember, um, that he would like to see her have sex with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, Sloane is bisexual, so she's always kind of missed the female touch in a way. Um, so they do this thing, this fetish that they have um, for several years, and then they found a guy who works at her restaurant named Wes, um, who agreed to have sex with them. And Sloane was saying that Wes is probably the best sex she's ever had since this whole arrangement, even better than having sex with her husband. Until Wes is married, just so you know. And mm-hmm. um, so Sloane and her husband always thought that Wes's wife knew about this arrangement because what they want is openness in the, whatever relationship they engage in. Until one day, um, the wife, Wes's wife, Jenny, found out that Sloane has been having sex with Wes. Um, and that's when everything kind of stopped for them, like this whole arrangement. And she just kind of missed, at the end of it, she missed Wes. And then the very last chapter was slow and she was confronted by Jenny about this whole thing. Like, how can you do this? And what's interesting about this was that Sloan was made the victim. Um, Wes was kind of like, they just kind of left, the wife kind of left Wes alone. And then um, the wife left um, Sloan's husband alone. So all responsibility at this sexual relations is on Sloan. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I find this like interesting. This is a recurring theme to, throughout the book that 
whatever responsibility of sexuality or whatever deprivation that they go through is always on the woman and not on the men. Mm. Yeah. And then we have Maggie, who is 17-year-old, who engaged in relations with her teacher, um, who developed PTSD after a while because she was like texting him and then um, seeing him regularly and um, doing sexual favors and stuff. And what happened with Maggie was that um, halfway throughout the through the book, after that relationship ended, she was not ready for that relationship ended. She went to court, and everyone was on the teacher's side, including the <gasps> other yeah, including the other teachers who confronted his teacher, the, her teacher, about questioning whether or not Maggie and this guy had relationship or not, and um, it it's really like I think probably the most fucked up story out of all of them because everyone sided with this guy including like the teachers who knew that a relationship was happening so she developed ptsd and then one day she admitted to her parents so this happened to me i was having relations with this teacher blah 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 and at that point she was like using drugs to escape etc and she spoke out her truth in court but everyone suddenly changed story and um including the wife of the teacher who saw the text messages twice but didn't know who it was from. Um, so everyone just like sided with the teacher and just changed their stories when a few years before that they they like they knew that something was happening but not necessarily who the people were because the only common denominator is the teacher. Um, mm. I think that kind of went, like mm-hmm. that kind of reminds me of like how it would happen in uh, here in Brunei. Mm, like, interesting. Okay. Yeah, it is always blamed on the on the student. Not always, but like almost always blamed on the student. Yeah. And I've heard like stories from my friends who went to kind of like all girls schools. Mm-hmm. And it's always it's never the men who are you know at right. fault. I think about I remember talking to this to um, a teacher like quite recently about the school that I went to where it was kind of obvious one of the teachers were uh, not necessarily trying to form relations or anything but they were more in favor of going to the girls when it comes to like in classes when we had to do practicals and stuff mm. and at that time I remember being very uncomfortable but I wasn't sure if I was uncomfortable because I wasn't getting the attention whereas other girls were um, and thinking about it, like many, many years later, I'm like, no, those teachers were targeting certain Predatory. girls. Yeah, they were targeting certain girls for their own self satisfaction of their male ego. Not necessarily; it doesn't have to be a sexual thing. But oh no, definitely, it is this thing of like, of, of targeting. It's like a little power play for them. Like mm-hmm. I have all this power over these girls. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oof fucked up and like it wasn't just one teacher like i witnessed it with maybe two other teachers who were doing the same thing and kind of like when they're in class they're not necessarily talking about the class they're talking about like other things and i think about the amount of male teachers who got away with something like that because they're handsome or they're young because when you think about it like very new teachers yang baru masuk sekolah they're probably 25 years old yeah yeah, so it's like it just made me feel very uncomfortable reading Maggie's story because 
I witnessed something like it-ish happen in my own schools. And I'm pretty sure for a lot of other women, they've witnessed something like this too. Yeah, witness or like really, you know, it's also like kind of interesting, not just witness, it's like participated in it. Not like participated Mm. in like is a... You know, at that age, you don't really know don't what the know. fuck you're doing. Yeah. Definitely not. And, like, the responsibility isn't on the young girls who don't no. know shit. It's on mm. the adult who's supposed to know better. Yeah. But and these, also, like... Uh-huh. Oh, gosh. Yeah, and, like, these girls, they just see this attention as, like... If you're not getting attention... A validation. Yeah. If you're not getting attention from your parents at home, you'd want to get attention from somewhere else. And like with trauma response, like childhood trauma and stuff like that, like after learning a lot about childhood trauma the past year, um, this is part of a trauma response. If you're engaging with a teacher who is giving you that much attention, um, it probably means that, you know, you're not getting the attention that you wanted at home. Yeah. Or yeah. you have never been properly thought about stranger danger. Like I knew that if something like that was to happen to me, I'd probably back off at that age because my parents really kind of taught us about the idea of stranger danger very strongly. But then again, they're Mm. like my other classmates who had, I don't know, 10 siblings and they weren't really thought about that properly. And they fall into, I know they're active participants, but it doesn't mean they're not victims. Oh, definitely. For me, personally, like, I wasn't really, like, how, like, it wasn't, I wasn't, like, taught properly of stranger danger of, like, Mm -hmm. how, what, like, what is appropriate and what is, what isn't. So it was kind of difficult for me to discern, like, what is appropriate behavior from adult males Mm -hmm. or any males, basically, Mm -hmm. other than, like, being told you should avoid boys. Yeah. I feel like it took you very recently to learn that too. Yeah, yeah. I've had to yeah. like reparent myself, I guess, in, in a yeah, way, no, in but that also aspect. By a trial and error and me telling you all. <laughs> yes, yes. Like l- yeah. many, many trials, many, many errors. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like, I'm pretty sure this kind of thing happened in so many places. So I feel like this story to me was the most fucked up, but... I'm not saying the other stories are not as fucked up, but this is pretty fucked up. So she had PTSD. She went to therapy and stuff like that and still like still very fresh in her mind that that thing happened. And despite having strong evidence, because she made him read Twilight and he would write notes on post-its, basically comparing um, their love to Bella and Edward's forbidden love was kind of fucked up to me yeah it was kind of gross like he was an active participant and then suddenly he was innocent and he was saying that the reason why they were on the phone for like over an hour plus after midnight is because he was trying to um help her get through uh her difficult home situation and i was like oh man men get away with so much shit don't they oh god they do they do yeah and then lastly is Lena. Lena's story, I think, is, I don't know if it's the mildest, but it's a suppression of sexual need because she married this guy who wouldn't want to have sex with her. And she has very high libido and it's very difficult for her. And then at one point she's like, three months in, if we don't have sex, I'm going to leave this guy. And eventually she did leave him and she seek sex somewhere else um, with 
this man who used to be her high school sweetheart, I think, a college sweetheart. And But the thing is that the man that she has sex with, Adrian, doesn't really see her anything else other than someone to have sex with. So mm. Lena goes through this battle where she's trying to convince herself that Adrian loves her because sure, she can have as much sex as she wants, but she's also uh, deprived of love, kind of like how she's deprived of sex. And um, that's Lena's story. It's just her finally coming to terms with like learning what what she wants and stuff. And I don't think it ever got resolved. And um, Lena tells her story to a group of women um, in a community center, I think. And every time she does something, like have sex with Adrian and stuff, she always thinks about, oh, I'm going to go back to these women and tell them the story. So yeah, I don't know. Lena's story was kind of blah to me. <laughs> hmm. So the overall theme of the book is female, female sexual desires and uh, the deprivation of um, women's desires in a way. And how a lot of responsibility, even though there are other active participants, a lot of the blame goes to the women. And I'm like, yeah. Wow, so relatable though. Yeah. Um, I'm like, I don't know. The book reads like a fiction, to be honest. But I can and like the language is simple enough, but I can get why you can't really get through it because I did tell you like also some parts may be triggering because I think Maggie's story was quite triggering. Um, if you've gone through any sort of PTSD, um, mm. I don't hate the book. I gave it four stars on Goodreads, so I do like it. Um, but what's I your did... like? What's your rating like? What what consider? What do you consider as like four stars? Mm. What do you consider as five and three? I mean, I thought it was engaging enough, but I wasn't like. I guess maybe also it's the pando happening. Um, I wasn't seeking for it all the time there are days when i just wouldn't read it for a few days but also that has something to do with my personal issues going on in my life um i think if it's super super thrilling i would put it five um but not in the case for this book like i wanted like i knew i can finish it so i gave it four stars because it is a pretty good book and if i actually sit down and think about it more like objectively yeah but i haven't really sat down properly to think about it other than you texting me half an hour before we we, we went on the phone telling uh, that was the only time I only gave it like 10 minutes thought um <laughs> yeah but I think I, I did give this book more thought than the other books that we've read in the past mm, I, I can see that maybe because like you're forced to explain it to me <laughs> no no definitely not because I have been thinking about actually sitting down and writing down my thoughts for three days now but I just haven't been able to do it Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. What didn't you like about it? What didn't I like about it? I don't know, to be honest. Um, what's interesting was that I was reading, I can't remember what I read. Um, and they were saying that this book might not actually be about just white women. Because it, it reads to me like it might be about white women. Um, yeah, I don't know. What I don't like about it, I don't, I think I don't like the hype around it. Because mm. um, one of the reasons why I picked this book was that someone was saying this book is very sexy, but I don't think it's that sexy, to be honest. Um, the way but, you like um, explain this to me, it doesn't sound sexy at all. It no. sounds like sad. Mm. There, it is. I think like it, it is a really sad book, and um, which is why like the, the way I've been talking for the past 15 minutes is like very somber tone. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, like, but yeah. come on. So what happened was that the how I knew about this book is that firstly, it got recommended on Goodreads a lot. And then I was watching this comedy duo and how they keep mentioning three women and how in this comedy duo, they're based in New York and they keep saying that a lot of um, book clubs are reading three women because it's a sexy book. And then um, if people are reading it in the subway, a lot of them try to hide the cover or they're reading it on e-reader. And then the more I read it, like the sexual stuff are there, of course, but they're not sexy. They're there's a lot of sadness surrounding the sexual acts, except for Sloane's story when she was having sex with Wes, because mm-hmm. that's, I feel like that's the most gratifying thing for her at that time. But push come to shove, I don't think it is that sexy of a book because f- the way this book depicts sex is not that it's, sex happens when not just with two consensual adults but it's also about sex can happen in very dire circumstances and in very sad circumstances gosh i don't understand why that's sexy to people yeah i think i don't understand it i think people think it's sexy for me the way i see it people who say that the book is sexy is because they don't read a lot of sex um smut um they don't read a lot of smut so to them, like, this is a very easy book to go to because it is very simply written, like, very concise. It's like, I'm not saying it's simply written in a bad way. There are a lot of sentences that are so beautifully written that I didn't, I didn't, have to lie, I didn't highlight them, but there are so many beautiful sentences in it. Like, I feel like it's a really, a really good writing. Lah. Um, I think the reason why people say this is a sexy book is because there are a lot of sexual contents in it. Not a lot, like, not a lot, a lot, lah, maybe around 20% probably. But at the same time, um, because they don't read a lot of smut, they don't know what sexy in writing actually writes like. So they think this is, oh, this is a sexy book because it went to like New York Times bestseller or whatever. I don't even know if it actually went on a New York Times bestseller. Um, It's just, I guess the way how people perceive Fifty Shades of Grey is a sexy book too. Right, right. You get it? Yeah. 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 (sighs) It's really sad. What I want to say is like Mm. to people, if if you want sexy books, read romance. I don't know. Yeah, Yeah, but that's the thing, right? Isn't that interesting? Because people perceive this as a sexy book, but then like romance is just like an area that only women read or dominates reading. So much. um, I feel like this book also is a good look into um not just woman's desire but also how women pick up books because this book is not just book club like men read them too a lot like i i have read accounts where men have read three women because of it's a sexy book or whatever and i'm like it's not i feel like it's just really sad the sexiness of it is just really sad i don't think it's sexy at all i think all of the women go through sad things. Like, I can't... I don't know. If there's no happy ending, it's mm. a pretty sad book. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, the ending of this book, anyway, is very sad. Um, not happy. But I don't know. It's just... Maybe except Lena. I feel like, Lena, I feel like Lena got a, away from a, a bad marriage. So, mm. but... Yeah, but then she yeah. got stuck in a in a loveless affair. Yeah, yeah so exactly. Something. I feel like if it's, um, like... 
if it's sad, it's not sexy. If it's like, mm. just because it says sex lives doesn't mean it's. I feel like the definition of what sexy is mm-hmm. is like is completely different for some people. Like yeah. sexy just means there's sex in it. But for others, like me, yeah. I'm like, sexy has to be fun, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think about the times where I have read sex scenes that are, to me, are sexy. And I feel, well, let's just don't beat around the bush here. Like, I feel turned on by them. But this time when I was reading this, I'm like, okay, the sex scene is coming. I'm going to read it. And then when I read it, I just don't feel turned on at all. And that yeah. was really strange to me because like, huh this just seems very empty Hmm. yeah because that's the point right because the sex is empty yeah so it's just i don't know it's just very uh, i don't know so they last decade i feel reading this book Hmm. Hmm. and it's also interesting how you know um like you said romance is targeted towards women but this book I guess men are picking it up too and they're like, oh, okay, this is more acceptable, I guess. I don't know. So fucking Ugh. weird. Ugh. <sighs> yeah. And the end. That's the most I've spoken in like two months. I feel like I always do the, I always do this bit. <laughs> yeah, I know. But also like, I haven't really spoken to a lot of people for long periods of time in a while. So mm. it's just weird. So the book for June... Yes, the book for June is the book for the, June. Yeah, The City of Brass by S. A. Chakraborty, the first book in the Devabat trilogy. Excited. Which we will go through. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited for this. I am too. I haven't read this and I think it is I'm excited to read it. I think I like I'm genuinely excited to read it. Me too. I'm just yeah. like really looking forward to getting to know the the characters again oh, and yeah. like re realigning my my thoughts on all these characters because i know you and i have like differing opinions on them <laughs> yeah. yeah how many times have you read this book maybe twice yeah same me too okay third time's the charm yeah okay um so follow us at book club haters at twitter um, and follow our mothership at Songkit Alliance on Twitter as well as on Facebook and songkitalliance.com for articles that haven't been <laughs> uploaded in two months. We will have an article tomorrow, though. Oh, that's good. Okay, at least someone's doing work. <laughs> okay. Um, bye. Bye.